Hey everybody, it's LOI Central with Dan and Johnny. You are very welcome along. It is the penultimate LOI Central of our sixth season. Derry City are the cup winners. Alan Reynolds will be on the show later on, uh, reflecting probably on a hangover and also the fact that uh, they absolutely battered shells. Alan Reynolds obviously will have plenty to talk about because he could have uh, abandoned the Derry ship, but he uh, stood the course of time with Derry City this season. And he will be uh, joining us later on in studio. We have Owen Doyle, who uh, gave uh, his backers to be top scorer uh, a bit of cheer with some late goals uh, at the the final game of the season. He's going to come in studio with Pat Finlan, who's fresh from uh, the Big Two game last night. Actually, Pat uh, joined us on the show in Glasnevin this morning. This is our second last show of the season with Johnny Ward and Dan McDonald. And a hearty, hearty thanks for our sponsors all season long. Uh, who are in no particular order, Future Ticketing, who obviously have been with us a couple of years now, uh, the Porterhouse Brewery, uh, who have given us uh, beers to give away every week and helped us with the live show, which went so well, obviously. Also, Malone Financial Services uh, have been with us. Uh, thanks very much to Chris. And uh, finally, last but not least, uh, thanks to Decky in Collar and Cuff. And uh, we've one more show to go, which will be vaguely around Christmas time, but whenever Dan comes back from Qatar, as long as he's not imprisoned for doing his job. And when are you going? To, uh, um, tomorrow? I'm, going, I'm going on Friday. Friday. We're, we're talking, yeah, I suppose a lot of people might hear this on Thursday. I'm going on Friday, but I'm going to Malta first for the Ireland game there. And I'm making my way to Qatar on Monday. Is it Qatar? Qatar. 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 There's different, um, I've heard Long different versions. Even within uh, various documentaries I've been watching, you hear slightly different pronunciations. But uh, I'm going on Monday. Every chance that we will do a final show at some stage to react to sort of various comings and goings and news. I'll probably still be over there at the time. It'll probably be over Zoom. So this is more so our final. There's a sort of a, a season review team today to this. This is more of our, um, yeah, wrapping up the season, wrapping up the weekend. And then, yeah, we'll do another one because, I don't know, the, the nature of the league, a lot of stuff happens. Uh, one of the questions in the mailbag was, will we do one every couple of weeks in the off season? We won't quite be doing that, but I think anyone with knowledge of the league knows that... Um, the next couple of weeks and particularly for like managers and players and particularly managers like this is almost their busiest time of the year you know it gets a bit easier when they're back in, in season and the windows are closed and there's a game on the Friday so um, Decky Devine has been making signings at both and unveiling them and it starts straight away no like I mean it's 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 well in train in a lot of places at the moment it mightn't be as manic as last winter when there was loads of manager movements but there'll be enough happening that at some stage when we feel we need the time to do it we'll do some kind of a uh, uh, some kind of, uh, I don't know, Christmas special news round type thing, but I suppose this is our last sort of uh, studio show, I would say, with, the, you, with this type of vibe, you know. Do you have any fear that the Qatari Ministry of Defence will have seen your interview on Virgin last night? Um, well, I mean, I just went to Maybe Virgin. they're listening right now. Well, listen, they could have been listening, they could be listening to everything. They might have listened to all our previous shows. It's be like they might be, they just decided to. to to abandon us. See the video know. of the the England fans badly singing footballs coming home. Yeah, they're all claiming to be legitimate um, fans from Kerala, you know, uh, who are nearby. What about like, order this, from Kerala? As maybe. we speak this morning, where we've Kerry FC accepted into the League of Ireland, what would we? We'd probably welcome it if we went to the first Kerry FC game next season. There was ten thousand fans there who were just being sort of being trucked in from somewhere. We'd probably include them in the average attendance and say the League of Ireland's in a great place. Ian Ryan welcomed into the arms of Devil this morning. Oh, is he? Got the, got the job at Bray. Oh, well, there we go. We did flag that, didn't we? Last week's show. You have, well, you flagged it. Um, Very cryptic, uh, not so cryptic hint at the end 11. There you go. Didn't realise it actually been announced. Just like, just move on. Um, with Watford having obviously um, been beaten by UCD, the first division is suddenly looking, you know, I think Galway United might make the playoffs again. Well, I mean, that's, that's about as optimistic as it gets. Met mm. um, Andy Myler outside of the cup final, uh, both beforehand and afterwards, and he gave me a great line. He's like, for the league to progress, it needs assholes like me out of the Premier Division. And he's meant that in a nice possible way. It needs to be <laughs> properly full-time. Andy, I hope you won't mind me saying that. But... <laughs> we probably will actually to be honest no because he's like no because he knows it's like and he, he totally deflected and he said it's very good for the uh, players I said you've done an unbelievable job that's oh, great for the UCD players like, I'll never forget uh, I'll never forget the time you wrote a piece I'm sorry Johnny I mean I was I'll say some nice things about you in a minute um, but uh, I'll never forget the time you wrote a piece where you said uh, on the record 
he had nothing to say about the subject, but off the record, he said... What did he say, actually? <laughs> it was to do with uh, Gickens time back in the day. I thought it was uh, it was amazing. But uh, it's a bit of an in-joke. Tell you what was also another in-joke last night, or last weekend. And you, neither of us were at the playoff on Friday because, of course, we had a surprise 40th for yourself. A little sh- a surprise 40th dinner, sort of a select crew. A couple of Galway United heads there obviously wouldn't have been there in their ideal world because they would have preferred to be in, in Richmond Park. But we surprised you. Yeah, my um, the missus pulled it off the, out of the fire. Like I would be, I'd been to the pavement gig on Thursday night, and I was far too like wrecked to actually even think that she might do something like that. And then it was just one great after another. Then you arrived. Um, <laughs> you and uh, the Queenster obviously came in. It was an amazing, lovely night, lovely, lovely night. And to cop it all off, um, Watford were beaten by UCD, which secretly I wanted to happen because um, I've, I won't be going to our games next season, so I don't I want still, this to stop straight away. This, 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 uh, we had a lot of reaction to last week, right? We had a lot of very positive reaction to the passion of your rant. Um, and also, like I would say there was a lot of nice messages when we mentioned that it was your 40th on Friday. So it yeah. just goes to show that while you sometimes feel, Johnny, that the world is against you, uh, possibly because uh, I might sometimes be harsh towards you, there's actually quite a lot of people out there Quite like it, must be said. In general, you know, I wouldn't go would get overboard. You know, like it's sort of it's qualified go overboard the way to catch her. <laughs> it's a qualified, yeah. uh, it's a qualified sort of uh, uh, fondness. But uh, your rant, yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was from the heart. You know, I feel like there's an element of like how many times do people leave football grounds and say oh, that's it, I'm done with it. But the whole fact is, like, uh, the to drive back in. Um, I mean, you, like, uh, like uh, that, I mean, was, that was, that was this, timely. This actually. is the joys of live podcasting. Like, Johnny's uh, coffee is just disintegrating in his hand. And this is the thing. Like, uh, you know, your 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 resolve will break. I think at some stage. I know you say you're not going to go to games, right? And I know you're stubborn enough to 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 feel that way. But the love you have for the like the love you have is what fuels that rant. Right, and as a result, it's what draws you back in. It's like a sort of a destructive relationship or something. Yeah, like you know, you it's, destructive you'll, abusive. You, relationship. You'll say, "I'm done with this now. I'm done with it," and then it gets to you know a couple of months of of no football, and you get to next February and March, and it's just like. <sighs> I, I don't I don't be, I don't believe that you'll see it through. Well, John Caulfield is going to troll me. He's going to appoint this like uh, assistant manager who's like incredibly innovative, and we'll suddenly start playing football, and the academy players will start finally progressing to the first team and uh, realize their potential, or not. But, yeah, but, but anyway, yeah. listen, we, we're not um, listen. The cup final, we had the cup final, which is disaster this, for Watford. Show, by the way. Yeah, like, like an absolute, absolute but, carnage for Watford. Well, I mean, this is a bit like well, we told you, but like we did sort of mention that Watford have the ability to throw in that the mm. cup semi final. The first half against Treaty, like there were warning signs there that they can, they can, they can sort of have a bad run. Now speaking to people who were there, um, they were sent frustrated by Waterford players who were sort of approaching it like a, a five aside in the sense of like trying to do it all themselves. Like that fellow you play five aside, but it doesn't pass, you know. And uh, it seemed like there was an element of like, well, we're probably we should be doing this, so we'll force it, we'll force it, we'll force it, we'll make it happen. But they didn't make it happen. Andy Myler, I mean, I don't know if he wanted his comments to be um, to be actually uh, discussed here, but I think UCD know their role. I, I, I like, uh, I think I full respect for Andy Myler. Um, I think more of his players, by the sounds of it, are going to be in demand over the winter or or maybe next summer again. I think they might lose uh, one or two maybe next summer. Um and as a result, it's going to be hard for them. And I suppose a lot of people were excited by the prospect of Waterford coming up to make the first the Premier Division, you know, to bring another full time side in and to, you know, help where things are going. But I mean, UCD they deserved it. Like you know, they they are staying up on merit. They avoided relegation. They are done. Um, but I do. Before we get the mailbag, I do have an issue with how difficult it is to get through the playoffs. For Waterford still had to win three games. They had to, you know. Um, they were expected to be. I'm sorry, but this has just become like UCD did that last year. They they did, but they took on a, a team in the last game that had completely imploded. Um, for UCD, it was an amazing achievement. They had to win one game in Dublin. Watford had to like. It, I I think the playoff system is a little bit unfair in the first fifteen teams. I know what you're saying, but I don't think anyone wants to make the leap of promoting two automatically. I think we need playoffs. I'm not sure what the answer is, though. I think it needs to be a little bit more equitable. But anyway, yeah, but like, it, it we'll see now. Some of the first division clubs want longer seasons now because they have to pay players for longer. Those that pay, and mm. maybe, um, you know, maybe that sort of leads towards it. But as I, I've touched on it before, like the length of our season is such an impediment here. Now, like players are being 
uh, paid up until November 30th, all paid players. As it of next year. It seems like the league season is going to finish um, still around this November international break. So maybe it's a case that the playoffs goes on way later, um, sort of similar to what you have in... I suppose England, where you have a situation where like you could have the League One playoff finishing on, on you know, a League One season, sorry, finishing on like May the first, mm. and the playoff final might be for another three weeks yeah. all in, and maybe that's what you have to do with like the ninth place team. If you, if you, I, I think the only way to maybe make it more actable is, as I said, if the ninth place team suddenly has to play maybe. Uh, the fourth place team in the first division in a two-legged game at the same time. That's vaguely sec- my idea. At the same time, second and third play. Mm. And I, I would have been down on it uh, previously when you spoke about it, but, but now with this minimum wage coming in, which is so significant, and in fact, clubs are paying up until November 30th yet. Anyway, maybe you can look at it, although um, there's obviously a holiday, holiday pay element factored into those um, contracts that would mean clubs who got into it would have to pay players a bit more in the off-season in a way, but then maybe extra gates can cancel it. You'd have you'd have to do a little bit of work on it through a number of um through a number of areas. But anyway, the of course Johnny final, the cup final. Let's talk about the, I mean our, we get to the our regular back. listeners enjoy, you know, the excessive focus on first division matters that affect Galway United. The cup final is the biggest game in Irish football all year and maybe we should deal with that a bit. We do have guests that are thankfully going to speak about that and presumably not speak about uh, Galway United. Um, I was until, actually, I thought it was an anti-climax. Um, I, I, I was dis- they won it so easy? I was disappointed coming off the game that like Shells barely had a shot on target and it was a non-event and there was just like, I know you think a lot, too much is made of this, but like there was, like the second half, um, I spent much of it looking at the Shells because I was beside them. And there was a like a big, big argument between a Derry City fan and a Shells fan behind me that was like not nice for the young kid in front of me who I actually know to be at the game. So it was just, and even the other guy I brought, so I, I tend to bring lads to the cup final that don't go to League of Ireland. Like they were just like, this is ridiculous. This is a bit of a joke. Like, um, and it did slightly overshadow to me, Derry City were but, brilliant but this, on the day. But this is like, I think sometimes as well, I mean, we put so much pressure on the cup final every mm, year. We do. A lot of like League of Ireland regulars who go to the cup final, they, they then end up worrying about how it appears in the eyes of people who don't normally go. You know, and, yeah. and then like, you know what I mean? So oh, I hope the crowd's okay. And like, I I do think the crowd thing is important. I would like look at that myself and go, right, I hope the crowd is, is decent here. Um, but there is an element of like, you know, you, you have to sort of trust people to know that at all levels of football these games can happen like you know there are you know there are occasionally sort of Champions League finals you know in the past where they've been 4-0 you know and often it's a celebration of amazing football rather than one team being on their day and I stress on their day like being out of their depth on the day which would Shells definitely wear in this instance one of, one of my takeaways was Derry needs to play on grass Oh, that's but that very here comes asked that afterwards and that's obviously a, you know a massive um, a massive thing you know um like that's that's something that they've like it's 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 there staring you in the face and it's so obvious um but like you know the, the gap between the teams about 25 points is it was there to see but it was still surprising how big it was on the day you know you sort of assume all the cliches about it'll be a tight game it'll be this it'll be that it uh, went out the window. Um, Shannon's players gave me the impression that like we just didn't perform on the day. I actually think they were a little bit out of their depth. Well, I've just said that. Mm. I've I've literally just said. I that. know, but I'm saying it as well. In general, in that on the day, I think it was like this is this is a team from a different league. Like, well, that's um, I, it Shell's me. players do feel that. Oh no, no, we we just didn't really perform on the day. I'm like, well, this was Derry City really at. Well, I know, yeah, but like, but hang on, like, I. I think like the four previous games between them in the league, it's not just one game, but four previous games were really close. It. You know, Connor Kane was badly missed. Like we don't see a huge amount of drubbings in our league, mm. really, other than um, other than between sort of uh, like you know, I've seen a couple of Shamrock Rovers games against Finn Harps this year and the UCD games. I think the teams in the middle rank haven't been thrashed. You know, like mm. they haven't been sort of um, sort of taken apart in a facile manner. Like I can't think of too many examples. I mean, like Shells went to Tala and pushed them all the way in like a big open decent pitch. So there's no doubt Shells underperformed and froze a bit, but. But, and then that exacerbated the gulf between them. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's, we'll talk about the cup final in, in more detail uh, with our guests, but let's go quickly to our mailbag. What's that you say? It's mailbag time? A big bag of electronic letters? Before, actually, before we start the mailbag, we, 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 last week's question, by the way, was... 
Okay, who was the last Derry City uh, Cup final winning goal scorer? That's correct. And it's, uh, Rory Patterson was the answer. And our winner, Johnny, you have the winner is, which I have here. Um, the tension is building. Maybe, maybe Callum oh, McTernan. Callum McTernan, yeah. So, so um, congrats to Callum, uh, who will be our penultimate, maybe our last winner. We may have. He'll be our, no, no, he'll be our. He'll be our last winner. He'll be our last winner. So thanks to yeah, we'll send you on uh, four beers, Callum, and um, yeah, I'm sure Rory Patterson was one of uh, many people to enjoy the game. Uh, on Sunday, including James McLean, obviously. Dan, is yeah. it mailbag time? Yeah, and, and Mark Connolly presumably enjoyed Monday night because you put up he a picture of a lost his iPhone. phone. Yeah, um, sort of a kindred spirit type figure for yourself, Johnny. Yeah, um, um, man. I was talking to a friend of yours on Saturday, who, who or on Friday, sorry, who said that he's collect, collected laptops all over the country belonging to you. He's a guard. <laughs> he told a story about the time that he was driving. I thought it was the other. He was driving from Galway to Dublin one day, and he was sent into uh, some random village in Westmead pick up a laptop which you had left somewhere um so he went into the pub that you told him to go to and uh, he goes into the pub and he was like uh, i'm here to connect the laptop for johnny ward and there was pauses stares like who is this guy turned out you sent him to the wrong pub that's what it's like to be a close friend that's that's one version joseph lennon i think the pitch size give Derry big advantage on sunday shells at no press that's a factor i think ryan graden as well having real wit and michael duffy and they badly miss conor kane uh keen wants to know what you've got planned for 2023 to help combat global warming are you going to fly to Kerry away yeah uh, yeah one of the guys at the um at the 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 birthday it's it's going to be in a way it suggests it's going to be in a way trip going out so we're going to fly to far and four it'll be like all united in europe you obviously won't be going because of your protests against john caulfield rather than uh, okay Um, protests against um the the way this has been handled i i think john caulfield should be staying on from from a personal perspective why would he not but he shouldn't be there anymore obviously that's uh, those two sentences back to back don't make any sense. Uh, Sean Leeson uh, went to the final as a for Brave fan. Charles were a disgrace, never turned up. Um, who's manager of the year and why is it Bradley or Myler? It's This is a very tough one. Um, or sorry, yeah, I, I think Fargal is, is phrasing it that way. Surely no one else in the running that it should be Bradley or Myler. Um, um, Higgins and uh, I would say Kev Doherty come into it definitely. Um, Definitely Higgins comes into it. I think O'Donnell deserves a mention, but not, not yeah. to win it. Yeah. You know, I think I think Bradley, with everything he's been through, mm. um, you have to factor that into it, keeping the show on the road. But the minor one is a, is a very strong shout when you consider uh, a weak team in the division losing its two best players midway through and sort of the unity of purpose that was in their play. Like very, He'll be underrated because of um, just where he's coming from and, and where, where he's sort of working. But... Um, yeah, I think that that's, it deserves to be in the discussion. Um, let me see. Uh, Jimmy Lyons, can clubs do more to ban thugs like the scumbags and rings end on Sunday? So this is obviously something that happened again before the game. And it's. I was talking to someone about this at the match and I was thinking, you know, um, I, I don't believe that the stuff before, it seems like Shells fans were marched down outside a pub um, and maybe that shouldn't have happened and a bit of back and forth happened. Um, I think a football crowd of 32,000 people, um, like 20 years ago, that these things happened. You'd hear anecdotally about stuff, but the camera phones weren't capturing them all. Absolutely. It didn't seem like the discussions that of people that were there that it was as serious as the stuff in Irish Den House last year, which seemed like there was people, there was glass rolling mm. around inside the pub, and that sounded like it was very kind of distressing for people. Um, it didn't seem like the stuff outside was as bad, but... but like you know none of it is good right but i'm also one of these people that sort of uh i don't believe in sort of a condemning everything and saying we need a zero tolerance approach to everything like you know i posted up the scenes like the, the, the dairy invasion on sunday was incredible the scenes around the stadium people having drinks and stuff uh thirty two thousand four hundred and twelve people there i'd say you know there was probably 112 people called issue caused issues and the punished the many for the actions of a few that's not my philosophy on these things without sort of trivializing it either um i agree with you and, and the stuff the stuff behind the goal was that's daft right like mm. the shells fans i think that was to me was more serious because in fact a lot of our defense last year would have been of the events well listen inside the ground everything was fine mm. um you know, stuff stuff happens around stadiums. That's societal. It's a bunch of young lads going around the place. And and again, 
the profile of people who will go to games, you will have a lot of sort of people who latch onto it for a bit of messing and a bit of stuff. Right? There'll be a bit of that, but obviously inside the stadium. I never mind this. Footage inside the stadium of people like someone headbutting one of their own fans. Like it's, I mean, they just ended up embarrassing themselves. I, I was, I was searched beforehand as I went in, and I don't think I would have gotten in with a flare, honestly, like the way I was searched. Um, and somehow loads did, and like they should, they were the flares were. Not good at all. It just looked bad. But where would you? I mean, like, I'm not even going to get to that. But clearly, they know how to get. They do put them in places where they know it's going to be an issue. Uh, <laughs> we you know we can only speculate. <laughs> but like, I have never done it myself. To be clear, um, <laughs> I haven't owned a pair of flares in years. I'm anything else. Aye. But but, but um, it's I don't know. It's 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 not great. Um, but I don't I, I don't believe it. Like cast a shadow over the day in any way. I don't believe that at all. Um, but like, what can clubs do? I don't know what clubs can do. Like I, 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 I know that clubs. I would be certainly strong in clubs who let known people into their ground. Um, you yeah. know, and and they turn a blind eye to repeat offenders. And we know loads of places where that's happened, right? We just know loads of places anecdotally where this happens. Short term bans and they're waived and all. Um, like the Viva getting tickets. I I think it's a little bit harder for clubs. I don't know. Yes, you would say we need a stricter policy on like letting stuff into the ground but it's, it feels like it's always going to get through it does seem like the stuff beforehand could the arrangements have been better in terms of keeping fans apart so people would say culturally why do we have to do it just do like that's it's part of like we, we we celebrate the crowds this year part of it is like the atmosphere the edge sometimes it spills over um you know and i, I just can't i'm not i'm sort of yeah, it's, it's always uncomfortable this discussion because like Small says legal football in this country will be held back for it. It does shock a lot of people externally. It will put them off going. Like you can't avoid that, you know. Um, you can't avoid it. Simon B. O'Toole, who would Shell's team would get in the dairy team? I thought that was a good question. I know Higgins would be fond of Jack Moylan, I believe. Um, um, I think he speaks highly of him. Um, you know, Gavin Malloy would be in their very, squad. Very but, um, strong. I yeah. mean, um, and uh, like it's harsh to judge Shells on that performance because Shells had a good season. They had some very good, very good um, performers. Um, but I think you couldn't say, oh, Shells have this amazing talent. It's more the collective with them. I'm not sure any of their players would get on that. The, the dairy team yeah well I, I think Jack Mullen would be definitely around their squad mm. and, and Gavin Malloy I think a couple of them actually would to be fair whether they'd be you know playing all the time you can debate it like you know I think you know, Diallo the, the was injured on yeah that's what I'm saying but I, I just think you know I, I don't think I'd be too far off the mark with, with that Um yeah, there's, there's actually some general review questions. What we might do is we'll actually discuss them with Pat and, and Owen Doyle, I think, as sure. well, actually, because um, like they'd be as well-placed to answer that um, as as we would. There's Let me see, there's one other, one or two other things here. Uh, Declan Clancy, we have to do this. Love the show, lads. Took a stab at an LOI Central drinking game. Uh, other suggestions, welcome. I wouldn't advise anyone to play this game as they will likely die. Um, take a drink every time Dan or Johnny says interesting. You you say it more than me. Fair point. Uh, Johnny shoehorns Shoehorn, in a Galway United reference. Take. You've already had a drink today. Uh, <laughs> Dan implies Johnny is all over the shop. Take a drink. Uh, Johnny says the boy plus a player. You've you've toned that down. I would say yeah. you've toned that down. Probably because uh, I turned forty. A guest talks about old school managers. Well, I mean, we'll I'd see how that it goes. That'll happen. Uh, a guest talks about European nights. That'll happen. We'll probably have a bit of that. Uh, Johnny's blazer is mentioned. Not. As it, it's been a while, but mm. you know we could. It's been one of the highlights of the year, your blazer. To be fair, where is it now? Is Thanks it dead? To Colour and cuff. Um, I think I was just um, traumatized by your slag, and I just haven't worn it in a while. <laughs> Free shirt and tie, by the way. If you're going to Colour and cuff <laughs> to the PFI Awards this weekend, um, Dan or Johnny referenced their own Astro exploits. Haven't done it, it today. Probably won't happen today. But yeah, we're, fair show. We were referencing people not passing an Astro. Odds on, yeah. Been one of us. Um, the Galway United mascot Kitman or Tea Lady wins the competition. Well, Callum, I don't think is one of those, but. Um, it's quite often the case uh, and, and Dodge added you need to add Johnny saying young managers again you've toned down a bit of the legal firm stuff but you do you will be quite partial of um, talking about new manager coming into the league and then getting animated talking they want to pit their wits against all these young managers you know the managers in which I have a lot of faith have done very very well who are the managers you don't have faith in um, old managers I know it w- yeah, but you, like, there's, there's a, there would be an opinion among the young cohorts as well, oh, we, whether yeah. they admit it or not, that their their time has passed, and that's an interesting one. If we can ever, there's interesting. If we can ever get one of the older managers in, they're they're few and far between now. Yeah, there's a few more additions here. Uh, Carlo says, "Add Dan says, I don't know. It's a good spot that. Yeah, I definitely would 
it would be partial to that. Uh, Jessica Fletcher fan account would add the title race is declared over. That happened several times. Uh, Johnny says a first division team would have beaten a European team. That was obviously the Shells. Sell you a fair. Uh, and Astro pitches get slated. We've already had that. We've had that with Derry. Uh, and climate change, we've also had references to that too. So uh, listen, we know what's better than we know ourselves, Johnny, which is a, uh, you know. They must have done an algorithm on us. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Let's get the lads. Let's get the lads. <laughs> you listen, will you? Yeah, so uh, it, is, it is a measure of Pat Finland that um, I uh, <laughs> I text him like last, last evening, shall we say, Pat, would you like to come on to the show? This is weird. He's not getting back to me at all. Just so happened Linfield were playing Glen Torn um, in Windsor Park. They're so. always on top of stuff like that, Johnny. Then he got back to me and he said, do you still you still want me to go, to go on? I was like, Jesus, Pat. So, I mean, let it be clear, we're not paying you anything to come on the show. I don't know why you still... Uh, still produce the you should look at the fixtures I know I, I, there's more to life than the League of Ireland Jesus yeah <laughs> well, there's, there's, nothing, there's no League of Ireland in Johnny's life next year because he's actually launched a one man boycott of Galway United yeah are you um, going to say you know, the Shells like the Shells fans sorry this is a slight tangent but the Shells fans who were boycotting the club for a couple of years I think they were the lads doing the fanzine they'd still go and stand outside the ground um, and be just wouldn't go in so maybe mm. like you're a Galway United thing, you should actually just sort of Ted and Dougal style, just stand outside like in a sort of a, some kind of protest. I was actually counting the amount of home games I was even at this season was like maybe seven or eight, but I was doing commentary at away games for for the good of the club. Or so hang on, are you yeah, sorry, match program? Would you would you work at a game if you were asked? <laughs> they only do top of the table I've never actually days. seen you pause that long over yeah. a question for Owen yeah, Doyle's yeah. also here as well probably would. To be oh, clear. I'm not sure what welcome I get anymore Owen Doyle is here Doyle what's going on how are you Johnny yeah, what's the crack All good. Um, I saw you at the I saw you actually two things to bring up with Owen Doyle uh, first of all you have your uh, your missus slaughtering you in social media saying yeah. that she asked you who Stevie Nicks was and you had no idea yeah <laughs> <laughs> not me brightest moments yeah. you <laughs> Wouldn't be a big music head now. Yeah, that, that, that's been proved. Yeah, yeah. Our producer Dallas Hartman last week that Boydie was going to go and see, and he had to give the tickets. Can't back. Well, I must admit, every journalist in the country was a pavement on Thursday, and I had never heard a pavement before. Yeah, I'll be honest, and I'm not the only one. Um, but the second thing was, I saw you at the cup final on Sunday, uh, which is the weird one. I think Rory Higgins last year went to a Celtic match on the day of the cup final because you know, Derry. We're through to Europe if uh, if if Pat's won that game. So I think you found out later in the day. Whereas you went to watch and you like you have your your European fate uh, in your hands, but you were probably never that worried. I'd say from the first 15, 20 minutes. No, well, it's obviously a great day. I brought the whole family, the kids, the lot. So it was um, actually funny enough in the shells end. Um, but above the the hardcore fans, so it was more the smoke coming up. You didn't see any of the the carry on. But um, now it was kind of very dominating performance from Derry. I don't think shells caused much trouble. And yeah, me, um, me, me heart rate kind of dropped a bit. I suppose after about twenty minutes in the game, it was all chill. I mean, Pat, you were on commentary. We were just talking before you come on. I mean, like we're so used to talking about the cup final in a particular way. Like we expect, like I think nine of the last twelve had gone to extra time and, and good portion of them to penalties. And there's all these phrases you say. It's going to be cagey. It's going to be tight, and all of this. Just completely different, wasn't it? In the sense, in the sense of like the the lack of tension. I mean, yeah, and I think that the games this year between them as well had been tight. So I think people were maybe expecting that again. And um, but I think it was just a really, really good performance from Derry. Um, Shells didn't turn up on the day for whatever reason. Where you know, in, inexperienced young players uh, didn't perform. But Derry, I thought Derry were exceptional. I, th- I thought they handled the game really well when they went ahead. I thought they managed the game from then till the end really, really well, as well as playing well. You know, and that's that's the sign of an experienced team as well that they're able to manage the game. And um, shells will be disappointed, but listen, I think um, where shells are getting to the cup final obviously was was brilliant. Staying up was the most important thing, um, and it's a rebuilding job. It's 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 rebuilding the club in general. So I think once it does to settle, it's always difficult. I've lost cup finals heavily, so it's difficult to take that. But in shells' case, it's a young team. You know, and they can, they will come back from that. There's no doubt about that. And you learn from your experiences. That's that's what you've got to take out, young. It's probably your fault for a couple of cup finals. I was just going to say, I didn't look to me right there. I just, uh, I was just saying that obviously Pat brought Owen Doyle to him. When you, but but it's very funny, and this 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 is a real valid point. When I went to Hibs, we 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 were struggling badly, and the remit was to stay in the league. I think we were eleventh. Dunfermline were similar points to us. 
and the remit was stay in the league, make sure you stay in the league. That's what we want you to do. And we did. We did it comfortably in the end. We beat Dunfermline home and away and, and that sort of secured our status. And getting to the cup final was a major plus, but it had a real knock-on effect for losers so heavily. So I think it's a bit different for Shells because they're building and they have a little bit of momentum. They've got new owners. They've got really bright managers. So it's different for them, I think, at the moment. And, and listen... They'll be licking their wounds because it's difficult to take when you get well beaten like that. Um, as players, and, and I think for supporters, it's a bit easier because you, you, it's harder to lose last minute game, a goal or penalty kicks. Um, but they'll bounce back. Like, There's no doubt they'll like, bounce back. On that, player, on that point about players, like, did you ever have a game like that where they were so, on, it was almost like they were out of their deck. It's like dirty work. It was men against boys, and it must have been so demoralizing for these players that they just felt like they were. Like the game was gone, and they were just—it felt like their almost their their standard as players just was nowhere near good enough. Like, yeah, I think we definitely had games like that, and that's that's that cup final I'm talking about is the same. You, and mm. you, you question your own, you know, your selection, your your system, your tactics, all that sort of stuff comes in. That's a, that's for a manager mm. to learn and and to to sort of put that to the to, not to the back of the head, but take take the, the the positives that you get out of it and see, you know, look back on it and see, well, how how did I get it wrong? You know, the players didn't perform, there's no doubt about that. Damien will be looking and thinking, well, where did I, you know, maybe Goy could have changed things. And that's what you always do, whether you win or lose games, is from a manager's point of view, is to see how you, you see the bigger picture. Um, and like I said, I think Damien is sort of the studious manager. He will he will take a lot out of that game. And in the long run, it might be actually a good thing for him, mm. um, you know, long term, that he's, that he's had that Um but it's difficult to take at the moment because it's so raw, I suppose. Yeah, I think, like, uh, like, sorry, sorry, I'm going. I, I think Diamond's done very well in the press, though, after the match. He's kind of, because they got beat so heavily, he's kind of come out and said it was kind of a bonus just to be there. Kind of backing his players in the sense of, like, he's still very proud of them and all that. And they, they shouldn't dwell on it that much considering he's came out like that. You know, he could have easily went a different way with it. Yeah. But he's um, he kind of backed his players 100%. Yeah, because I mean, the, the final like, referencing Hibs losing to Hearts five one, and you were mm. at Hibs at the time. And as a player, can you remember like did that completely deflate the mood? Obviously, the manager is always going to be out front and 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 dealing with that. But as a player, I think you were subbing that game. But like, what was the mood after? Was the day ruined by what ha- by, by what happened? <laughs> if you know what I mean, like in the, in the sense of like, do you have any fond memories of the the build up to the day and the excitement because of what happened in the match itself? If you know what I mean. Now, um, I think the, the final after we kind of redeemed ourselves a bit, especially the semi-final the year before or the year after. But on that day itself, <laughs> my the hardest memory for me was to drive back to Edinburgh because obviously we have to go in and get showered um, and we'd be one of the last, the players were always one of the last to leave the stadium. But the Hearts fans obviously stay back to celebrate. So the whole motorway was Hearts fans the whole way back and our bus was in the middle of it. So you can imagine like the bus is just getting peppered with abuse for the hour, hour and twenty minutes the whole way back to Edinburgh. Yeah. So um no we're in hiding for a little while after that. But um I think we done well the year after. Obviously we're trinal down the semi final like I'm on a half time save patch job. And then um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's not a lie. <laughs> and then um, and then we obviously went into the final and um we, we obviously we got beat by Celtic three 0 but we really put it up to them that day. Um, and and the fans really backed us. It was one of the only times that like the up the other fans weren't louder than Celtic. Hibs fans were louder that day. It was mm. just to see a green at the stadium. Now it was, it was actually a good day considering we got beat. I was going to ask was he a good signing? So I mean that's <laughs> clearly that, that that game justified it all, right, Pat? Like you know. Yeah, it's, and it's it's funny because you look back at uh, the two. You, we play I played a Hamden four times and won two semi-finals and lost two finals. Um, you know, so it was it was. Uh, but the day the the day owners referenced that the, the Falkirk game was probably the weirdest, funniest game I've been involved in as a manager. It was just a crazy day. Um, but the, the cup final against Celtic then is again a special occasion. All cup finals are, you know. Um, but like I say, you're going back to shells that I think they're they're in a different different area where we were at Hibs. Yeah. You know, there was there was there was a clear out coming. There was a lot of people had to move on. Where shells is probably a little bit different than where they are in in, in, the, in the process of uh, of Damien's reign there. Uh, just just on that, just before we, we get to Derry, um, like when and and own reference, like how well Duff has done, and there's a real kind of bond among that squad. It, it must be very very hard as a manager to say like I have to get rid of about five or six of these lads, and just like that bond, and then it's like listen, and you come in for that dreaded chat. Um, is that the toughest thing as a manager to deal with? Telling telling the player, I don't want you next season. Uh, I don't know. I think you know 
defeats sometimes are harder to take. Um, I think players, you know, most of them probably know before you get to that stage of the season okay. where you're in the manager's thoughts or you're not. Um, you know, so it's part of the job. I don't. I never looked at it and thought, well, it's it's a hard part of the job. It's maybe a difficult part of the job. How do you say it to them? think you've got to be honest you know you just got to be honest and it's different because if it's a young player a senior player you have to handle it differently you know because you can be moving young players on that you know in my case of managing you know bows shells you know big clubs it, it, it's you've got experienced players that you're thinking right well and you've been coming to rovers this year you're thinking well i need to change it because it needs to be fresh and we've won mm. a few things and 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 some of them decisions are just you know, you look at where people are, where players are in relation to their career and have they got the hunger to keep going. You know, obviously you want to replace players if there's better ones available. Mm. Yeah. And it's different for all different managers because you might have the resources to do that. So you got to work, you know, with players as well. So, and you got to try, you got to try make players better. That's part of a manager's job is to improve players. But there'll always be a case where you're going to have to let players go. That's just, that's just part yeah. of management. It's part of the game. Yeah. Oh, and uh, we'll, we'll go down the rails briefly, but I suppose, I mean, we've had a few questions and it's more of a general review show as well as just the weekend. And it's a very broad question, but like it's your, your first year home. How would you assess it? Yeah, obviously really enjoyed it. Um, me personally, I could have done a bit better maybe. I was very tired come the end of the season. Well, second half Johnny of the Johnny Ward's been slagging off your goal record like, you know, consistently. Well, I mean, Johnny didn't think I'd get 15 this year and I just scraped it. The 15 and a half Me and me made it the best We, <laughs> we, put, we put the line at 15 So it was either 15 or 16 And I I think it was like 50 quid or something so he, he practically paid out And then I was like Jeez hang on a sec Tyler's going to make this like So um, anyway There we go I think he still paid me Yeah so, It's 15 and a half <laughs> But um, Yeah no I really enjoyed it Like you can see that The, the league's definitely on the up um, I think next year Is going to be very exciting There's obviously there's a few Bob going into certain clubs and the looks of Bowes are starting to do their, their uh, mm. business very early in the in the window and um, it's going to be very interesting. But um, I've loved every minute of it, I really have. You, you made a point on our live show and I thought, I mean, we, we used the word interesting all the time, mm. but uh, you were speaking about the difference between uh, here and the UK. I mean, look, you had the Rotterdam manager's comments recently again and people get up in arms over this stuff and, and sometimes people, you're, you're comparing apples and oranges, right, between like the different setups, but you were talking about athleticism being mm. a big factor and um, the demands of the 46 game season versus the demands of a sort of a, what we have, you know, yeah. what we have here. Now I know you're, you were always going to be tired at the end of the season because you played right through, but is that still uh, the major difference, if you know what I mean, that actual, the I don't know the physicality that's demanded. Yeah, well, obviously on the pitch, you come away from the facilities and all that yeah, kind of stuff. Obviously, so yeah, yeah, yeah. that's almost a given, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, but um, no, hundred percent. Like, there's not many teams in this league with pace, and like I'm talking like not just pace, but being able to handle the pace as well, not just raw like legs, mm. um, like training. Like for example, at Bolton or whatever, be harder than preseason here. I talked about that before, and it's not that the drills are different or the coaching is different or anything. It's that like, see, for me to keep up with the lads that are faster and quicker and stronger than you, mm. you have to be at it hundred percent every single time, mm. every single day. Um, and that's and that's more or less the difference. Like like every centre half over there is six foot three, six foot four, quick, able to do everything nearly. Do you know what I mean? And it's not really the same here. Yeah, because I always remember, like, it's sort of started my working career. I can't remember who Shells played. You played a Danish team around 05 or 06, but I don't know, a Scandinavian team. Maybe after you beat the Vetra team in Lithuania, it might be whoever you played next in Intertoto. But anyway, I remember you talking about this point that, like, the, the conditioning was such a factor, like, long term conditioning of players that it's, it's well and good you being full time there and then but you're playing mm. against players with the base like they have this base that's been built up like are we any closer in that regard now in terms of that um, I know two slightly different things but they're related right pace and physicality and all that they're all mm. part of the same same equation I'm not sh- I'm not sure we're, we're any closer uh, to be honest I haven't been heavily involved in that side of the game so um, you know you need to be in in a, a training sessions yeah. and seeing where it's where it's going but I've always been the case where you know, if you get if you got players, good players will always want training sessions to be at the proper tempo. And I think, if, you know, when I was managing, the one thing you wanted to do was always a demand from the players is to make sure they work hard at your training. It's like any job; you got to work hard at it, you know. But Owen's point is very relevant because that's how you're going to bridge the gap. Obviously, quality of players, but but the conditioning of players is huge, and that will take a period of time. Um, but to be able to do that, you've got to have 
everything that backs that up and you go back to facilities and everything else and it's a big part of it. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we're much further down the road in relation to the conditioning of players, you know, the strength of the players. You know, as Owen says, if you look across the board at the other leagues, even even some of the teams that Rovers play, and, di- and Rovers did quite well in some of the games, particularly at home, the physicality of the players, the conditioning of the players, that that's that's where we've got to, to, to really improve. Um, are we closer to it? I'm not sure. I think it's changed. I can of just from say like gone time you were there. watching well no like say it, all that stuff starts in your teenage years I think yeah. um, and I look at like my kids now playing they're not teenagers yet but you can see them coming through or whatever and all the bits that they're doing football wise it's different to school by football than, that I grew up in mm. especially okay. that that national league is huge I think huge but, it, but I think that isn't one of the concerns that like to a certain point but then we get to that like sixteen to eighteen gap you know that age where now. We're, we're traditionally like we would export players but, at that age and they get loads of hours and yeah well I think to that's be fair the, that, that's, that's that age group that we've changed in will only probably start we'll probably see the start of fruits of that hopefully over the next few years where the players are you know at a younger age much younger because it is it's not something that you can do at 21 22 years of age and change you know how you train mentality to train it's 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 a built in process right through them as as young players and that's where you're hoping that you know, they, they they will improve at the academy level, um, yeah. and I think you'll you'll we've a lot of young players in the league at the moment, um, you know, and, and there's 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 positives in that, but there's also some negatives in that as well in relation to learning the game as well from senior players. So, um, but I think it, it's the one thing we we definitely have to improve in the league, and hopefully that 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 platform we've given them now as young players in the academy leagues will 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 bring it through into the league of Ireland. Yeah, we're now uh, joined by Alan. Alan, actually, Alan, before before we get to Alan, Reynolds, you have a question for him, Doyler. I do. Yeah, uh, tell me, what did you do to the referee that time when we were playing against UCD in Belfield? He fell. Right, he <laughs> fell. So I had to pick up the whistle to blow the whistle. Right, <laughs> to help him. Now, is this own dial of uh, St. Pat's or Bolton Wonders? Which one am I talking No comment. <laughs> Where did you play with Alan Reynolds? Rovers. At Rovers. Yeah, yeah, under Scully. <laughs> God, Rennie, oh, you've yeah, played, Rennie has played everywhere. And yeah. he's, I, thought he was, I thought he was an assistant manager at some club where <laughs> yeah, O'Donnell no. was playing. Just the, the game was going on. The next thing, the whistle blows. Isn't the old the old uh, ground uh, in UCD? The whistle blows. Everyone looks around. Refs panned out on the ground. Rennie's standing <laughs> over him with the whistle blown, <laughs> trying to stop the game. <laughs> Are you suggesting he was a suspect? <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, Pat Finnan is also here. How are things, Pat? I'm good. Alan, you? I'm okay. Yeah, I'll all right. <laughs> we haven't really discussed Derry yet, right, Pat? We've spoken enough about shells. How good were Derry? How good was Alan Reynolds' Derry team? I think if, if you're on the staff at Derry, at the end of the game, you're really pleased with the performance because I think it all came together for them. Mm. Um, like I said, um, defensively, they were very, very solid. Um, I think Connolly's been a huge signing for them. Um, and I think how they managed the game from start to finish, particularly after scoring early. Yeah, they managed the game really well. And I think, like I said, if you're on the coaching staff, you're 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 really rubbing your hands because tactically as well, they got it right with, with Graydon playing wide and giving shells all sorts of problems, you know. And and they probably could have changed a little bit and you know what Alan might tell you better, but the likes of Brandon Kavanagh might have felt a little bit hard done yeah, not I to felt play. Sorry for actually, Joe yeah. Thompson could have played in an advance. So I think from that point of view, uh, you know as a, as a coach or a manager, when it comes together like that, and it doesn't very often where you get everything come together on the one day. I think to be very Re- very pleased. Rennie, if if there were a poll, right, who was Rory Higgins' best signing? Um, Alan Reynolds, um, Patrick McElhenney, Michael Duffy, Cameron Domigan, or Connolly? <laughs> Domigan all day. Domigan, wow, well. best player in the world. <laughs> <laughs> where would you, where would you come in, like roughly? No, I don't know where I'm coming in on that. Domigan to be, you know, Rui Higgins is this idea that he, was, he wasn't getting the respect he deserved. Then he gets nominated for Player of the Year. Okay, Domigan is, Jesus, Domigan is some player. Pat, like yeah. I spoke to Pat about Domigan there, you know, for the last few years. Uh, Rolls-Royce, really good player. I play anywhere as well. Um, and I'd say, you know, he's probably, the, for me, this is just me talking, he's probably the best right back in the league, best left back in the league, best midfielder of that type in the league uh, just look I can't speak highly enough of a really good player but just like Patrick talking about the game that we played we played Shells three or four weeks ago 
and uh, was won all actually up in the Brandywell. It was great learning in that because, um, you know, look, we weren't at our best, but we obviously looked at it and go, these are areas where we needed to improve and, and to improve on and maybe exploit shells. Um, and it was sort of, and Ryan Graydon obviously comes into it, you know, a big pitch, plenty, you know, plenty of space there, and, and we felt that Grado could exploit him. But I would go back to that game three or four weeks ago to go um, from then, I suppose the league was over after that one as well. And uh, I think it was from then we said, right, this is where we feel we can hurt them. Yeah. How was the day overall then, Rennie? You were there as a, a young manager. I think Rory Higgins referenced it with, um, with Waterford. Um, and I mean, I saw you, the two of you on the pitch afterwards. I mean, in terms of days in your football life, to be sort of out on the pitch after winning the cup in front of that huge Derry crowd, like it was a, a throwback almost to Derry crowd. I mean, how does that sit up with your, your good football days? Look, it's it's really good. It's a strange one up in Derry. I don't really get it. Like the assistant manager seems to be important for some reason, <laughs> right? Like, like, like anywhere fucking else you've been, you just go under the radar and do your work. Um, we're here, they want to, you know, they, they're all going. The assistant manager is a big thing. And in fairness to the gaffer, he has said that as well at the start. He said, "Look, you know, it's it's a big role up here." So that that I suppose that made me feel even more involved and more part of it because of the role. That um, and the spotlight is on you so much. So Dan, getting back to it, that's what made it even, I suppose, better for me. I still was hurting from. It might sound strange to losing the cup final to Longford 2004, whatever it be, and I think that's got a, a long way to putting that to bed for me. You know, because um, being working so close with him, with the manager, with the staff, and the owner, I suppose it's it's just a special club. Um, how have the last few days been then? We saw, uh, people might have seen the, the pictures of the reception, I think, in the Guildhall, um, just in general. Uh, pretty good, I'd imagine? No, quite. Nice and quite. Like, we were just preparing for pre-season and, <laughs> uh, and, and put a plan in place. No, in fairness, fuck me, it's rough. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it was a lot I came home to Waterford yesterday, and I tell you what, it was a long trip, that one. But, um, no, it was great, and the celebrations on Monday night... Um, like I, I'm not sure of the timing. Like you're having celebrations, or, or to meet the mayor and all that at six o'clock. Like, I mean, everyone was buckled at six o'clock, <laughs> <laughs> including the mayor. <laughs> now, to be clear, we don't know if the mayor drinks. I'll do the legal disclaimer. The, the, the story goes that they could they could have lost uh, Al Reynolds during the season. Um, obviously, it was heavily linked with the ball. Say the story goes. I mean, it was true. Story's true. Yeah. Um, Alan Reynolds. Um, you know, mulled over his future, and by all accounts, Rory Higgins did everything he could to make him stay. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, of course it does, because Rory obviously went there, went to, to get Alan in, and he's obviously a big part of what he's trying to do and what he's trying to build there. So the last thing you want to do is lose your right hand man. Um, you know, so fortunately for Derry, they're in that position where they're strong at the moment, and and it, and it's a good job to be involved in. You know, and so um, obviously the Lord of Bohemians is a big, big, big job as well. So. Um, but listen, as I said before, you've you've got to you've got to do probably most of these things. It's a good feeling, what's what feels right to do. And obviously, Alan thought that staying where he was was the right thing to do, and that's proven wise at the moment, isn't it? Was it difficult, Rennie? Like, I mean, I, I thought this was just an obvious question, but like, you, you're uh, you don't get a huge amount of time to think about these things sometimes. So, like, what runs through your head when you're you're thinking about this stuff? not something that I, I'm too comfortable talking about now because uh, I've never just, heard you say that before about anything yeah yeah because uh, they've got a good man in, in place there so um, but just on at the timing the timing is everything for me uh, we had five six games to go in the league and the cup and whatever and I just didn't feel it was right at that time for a club that's been good to me and the manager's been good to me to go right look by the way I'm announcing something tomorrow and I'm, I'll be gone in, in six weeks and then yet yeah, I'm staying in the dressing room where fellas know that I'm going, if that was the case, like, I would have spoke to Pat about this, and Pat would have been saying, well, look, if you're going, you're going, you know, straight away, but uh, I just didn't feel it was right to a manager who's been so good to me and the owner to, to go, so timing is everything, but, uh, you know, you're, I'm, I'm happy where I am, and, and then obviously there's 21s on top of that, so uh, something I enjoy, so that played a part in it. On, on Derry, I was at the game where they beat you 4 nil early in the season, they were at it that night, good side, very good, yeah. Um, yeah, for me, I'll agree with Rennie. I think Dumbagin's one of the best players in the league this year. I couldn't believe it when I was seeing him pop up in the middle of the pitch. And, Got a screamer that night as well. And he did, yeah. And I obviously played with him at Oldham. Um, 
and he was a very good right back. I've never you have I, well, I played for every club in Europe, so there's a good chance I played the most. So um, you played him at all? He's just I played him at all. He's a, he was a really, really good right back. Like really good. I've seen him score a couple of screamers from right back as well. But he um, to see him pop up into the middle of the pitch and, and to do it so comfortably and so elegantly at times, he's um, he's been outstanding this year. And he fits into their shape, doesn't he? When you when you look at what they have from there up, I think for me that midfield. I know Alan's and. Oilers already spoke about as a right back for, but for that position, when you have the attack and threat that they have, um, he's so clever in in how he plays the game. He fills areas, he fills gaps, he sees danger very quickly, and he allows them the likes of the McAlennies and Duffy ahead of him, you know, to go and express themselves. And what know. about McAlenny on, on Sunday, by the way? Yeah, listen, we we know what Patrick is. He's a fantastic footballer, and you give him a stage like you did on Sunday, then he he, he comes alive, doesn't he? And uh, yeah, it was exceptional. Listen, they had, there wasn't a dirty player in the pitch that you didn't stand out for me. You know, it was, I was doing the game and you're thinking about picking man of the match and you're going through it all. Connolly, I thought it was exceptional. I thought both fullbacks were good. Um, Shane McKinnon had a really good game. Patrick was good. Michael Duffy, you, you can go through the whole grade and the whole team and McGonagall, the whole side was was really, really, and that's what I said, there's very rarely get days. Everything clicks. Like yeah, where yeah. everything goes right. You know, it's and, and I feel they did on the day, and that's probably harsh on shells. Yeah, um, and, and, but, but it happens, and, and you just got to get over and, it. And just, Rory Higgins, like, what what have you made of this uh, relationship you've had with him? How far can he go? Um, Stephen Kenny's already like no making the notion that he might end up going abroad at some point. Yeah, look, um, really, really good, really good on the game. Has a, obviously a good way of wanting his teams to play. Great ideas, always. I think we were talking about other managers in the league there at one stage, Pat. We were saying about the different ideas they have on how to win games and how to defend and, and all this. But he's uh, forward thinking, really attractive style of play. That would be the one. Um, and I have felt at times up there, I've been like a defensive coach up, up in uh, Derry because he doesn't <laughs> fucking defend at all. <laughs> Ren- Ren- Rennie, we were talking about over under 15 and a half. You're over under fuck for five and a half. In this, uh, <laughs> alone. Um, but then, then you just signed Conley. I was like, actually saying to him after the game, if Con- Conley's record this season, if you combined Dundalk when he was there and Derry, he was, I'd imagine it's probably better than Rovers actually. Yeah, no, he's come here. He's been a big part, hasn't he? He's come in and, and likes defending. Um, mm. And he, he's on people like I mean, we I suppose flair players like you're talking about Patrick and Will Patrick and whatever, and, and Mark Connolly is is on them um, to make sure that they do the other side of it. And if they can add that to it, but hates conceding goals when they're training, he's a grumpy man. Um, when he loses his phone, so uh, he is. He's, he's and he's brought more out of I suppose Shane McElhinney, Mac Janet, Ronan Boyce. He's really helped them, and he's he's fitting really well. And, and like. I suppose a big move from coming from Dundalk to uh, who were flying at the time to come to us and it's just something he wanted for some reason he decided to do um, but he's been a great addition around the whole place. Talk about standards and Pat Fenneman would have always been on to me about standards when he's at water from that driving the standards and you're going Jesus Pat give it him a rest you know but <laughs> that's the way it is like and Mark Connolly has that too like it's just all about driving I'm sure Tyler coming back from the UK it's Standards always have to be really high, and and he brings that. And uh, the players, in fairness, look, they're good lads that are there, you know. And and thought about Mark Connolly, we lost Owen Toll, who who moved off to the boat, and he was really good for us. He was outstanding, and um, it was a big blow to lose him. But Mark Connolly's a different type to him. I suppose he's more vocal, um, obviously more experienced. So we were lucky to get Mark to fill him in moments. I mean, the the nature of it, Randy, like you, you get very little time to enjoy these things, although you've clearly taken that time. But um, <laughs> but then, you, like, it gets to a stage where it's midweek and, and everyone wants to know, OK, I, I saw I saw Philip O'Doherty talking about we have to go and win the league now. I mean, how, how do you bridge that gap? I mean, home form seems an obvious thing from this remove to look at, but, like, what, you know, how do you make that next step? Yeah, I know. And then you think of Shamrock Rovers, like, like, they're outstanding, you know, they're, Managing the group of players they have, so it's a big ask for all the clubs, and, and we'll all have plans to try and uh, cut the gap or, or try and finish ahead of them. But um, we know we've to add a few more to get in. Finding the right ones is the challenge, um, that are good enough to come in and play for your team to, to bridge that gap. Um, regards to home form, um, you know people wouldn't for years thinking coming up to Derry, you know it's the last place you get a result. But we haven't been as good at home for a number of reasons, whether it's the pitch or whatever it be. Um, so that obviously needs to improve. We've been very good on the road, but 
maybe teams set up differently then when they come up there as well, you know. So you give other teams credit, but it is something we need to be better at. Have we uh, any final questions? Ready? Have you any final questions for Owen Doyle or Pat Fenlon here or any anything here ourselves before we let you go? Owen Doyle's yeah. ready to come in, I think, is he? No. No? No. Okay. Well, you're probably not nice to say to either the two of them. I was just, you know, I'm still wounded. There's a lot of things I'm wounded by. I'm wounded at St. Anne's Park. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm wounded by that as well, actually, now you say it. What's this? I mean, St. Anne's Park, there's no place in football for it. That's all I'll say. Right? <laughs> Can you hear me? Okay. I, 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 there's obviously a bit of an injury. We can. So, yes. yeah. what, what is St. Anne's? Well, I know where St. Anne's Park is. I often go there for a walk and it's big. Have, so, you, ever, have you ever ran it? Uh, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. no. It looks like there's a lot of running to be done there. Yeah. Uh, who would be brought there? No, we, we, in fairness to John McDonald, we, when I took over Shells, we, uh, we took the, the team down there for pre season and I continued to do it then over a period of time. Uh, Alan obviously came into Shells, wouldn't be his forte. Um, like himself and Jason Bourne and Dave Rogers and would have found a few shortcuts or were looking for shortcuts, but uh, that was a tough run, tough run, but enjoyable run. Yeah. Um, and funny enough, the best, the two, the, the best at it, um, you know, Jer uh, McCarthy was was brilliant at it. Jer was a, was a real athlete, but Wesley Hulan was incredible at it. His, his his run, his times were fantastic. It was, wow. It was a it was about an eight and a half minute run for some people, probably twelve and a half for any. Yeah. Yeah. that's been coined well, I think that, I think Shamrock Rovers have some big hill run they do in the yeah. off season here as well which is sort of notorious amongst the players but it's funny because yeah. I spoke to Rennie at the start of the season and the one thing he said to me was uh, Rudy's pre-season was was a grueler is that fair to say uh, Rennie yeah um, can you that, hear me Johnny again yeah, 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 yeah. yeah so he where would he have gotten that from um, or you know uh, no because you know you're coming in and whether there's a science behind it or not, there's a, a thing called a four four-minute runs. But for some reason up in Derry, that's called a five four-minute runs. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know where this came out of, but uh, this was fairly early in it, and it set down a marker for uh, the, the fitness, Kevin McCready up there. The fit, I've never seen anything like it, and um, I wouldn't like to be doing it. Yeah, thanks, uh, Alan Reynolds. We'll, we'll, let, we'll let him go back to it, Pass. Um, yeah, he's he, still out of bed as hell, He sounded in effervescent <laughs> form, Um it, it it was very notable Rory Higgins though like I think by all accounts he went out of his way to ensure this fellow wouldn't go mid-season and if what Rennie is saying is, is nice is correct it's nice that there is some loyalty in the game yeah, absolutely it's like you say it's football probably at the moment as people say there's very little loyalty and it. it's probably a little bit different than the League of Ireland to be fair but I think it, you know it does show uh, I think the, the one thing with Derry as well Alan knows that they're building you know mm. he's in a good position yeah. he, you know He's not under serious pressure there as a system manager. He's still involved with the Orders of 21. So there's a lot for him. And the one thing I did speak to him on it, and the one thing I said to him was, listen, if you're happy with what you're doing, that's really important. You know, sometimes you can move because you think it's, it's it's you know, from being an assistant to being a, a, a first-team manager. But if you're actually happy in your job and life is good, well, then yeah. there's a lot to be said for that, you know. And in fairness to Alan, it is it's a big, though, yeah, well. no, it was yeah. a big drive from Derry to where he is. Like, you, know, ones, yeah. he's, you know, his family's in work. So it's difficult as well for him, you know. So it's not easy. But like I said, if he's involved in the 21s, who, who unfortunately didn't get over the line, but it was a good, you know, good campaign for them. You know, so some good young players through. He wants to stay in that involved and that he's happy in his job at Derry. And that's what I said to him. There's a lot to be said for happiness. If you're happy with what you're doing, well, then, you know, why change? Doyle, the whole pat, the pat season was, was mad. Um, mm. There were so many ups and downs. And then it goes right to the end of you not even playing. And um, funny enough, the game and what I was watching on Sunday, I'd actually completely forgotten that um, this, the whole pat situation. I was lost in the in the cup final itself. Um, so you ended up doing very well in Europe and getting into Europe again. Yeah. In my, in my view, you yeah, did yeah. very well. We could have even done better in Europe with a bit of luck. Yeah, a bit of luck, yeah. The refs were kind of really against us in Tala that day, and obviously we didn't kind of take our chances um, against them, but um, we obviously had a good goal of it. Obviously getting through, beating Rora, and then having a, a good win over there in Sofia was uh, very enjoyable. But um, yeah, no, I suppose it was kind of the season was split in two halves. Like we went great for the first half, and then the second half of the season, he brought in a couple of bodies and we really kicked on. And I think our form second half of the season was up there with the rest of the top end of the league or whatever so um, now something to build on a lot of them players are signing back for next year and stuff I'm sure there'll be more additions um, so looking forward to next year hopefully we can go a bit further yeah and we, sorry Pat yeah I think ahead. that it's it, you listening to, to, to Owen there it's it's 
it, it's similar with maybe Dundalk, Derry, and Pats. You know, they're all they're all chasing down Rovers. The one thing Rovers have at the moment is when when they're not in the form that we expect them to be, they win matches. Yeah, and I think when you look at Pats and you look at Derry, Dundalk, even to a point, they had periods in the season where they lost a lot of games or dropped off in a lot of games and 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 didn't have that mentality that Rovers have at the moment. So for me, that's trying to bridge that gap is really difficult there's no doubt about that because Rovers have a really talented squad and got real resources behind them but it's that consistency and finding a way and what will happen with Derry the players will get huge belief from winning like Rovers did a few years ago when they won the cup and that belief they've got to take that into the season where they know you can't afford to have four or five weeks off in relation to being at it and making sure that if you're not playing well you see a way of winning or you find a way of winning that's what Rovers had in yeah, Spain you, you do kind of think Rovers like getting into group stages next year could be a poison challenge poisoned uh, chalice in terms of the title race because you just you, maybe they won't get away with it next year if Derry are going oh, you can't think that way though you know, no no, like, no I'm just like, saying though like, it'll be saying. a real challenge like yeah well I, I suppose you'd like, you'd like to see I'm one of the I mentioned we'd have mailbag comments. I mean, someone else, I think Thomas Tormey was on about like, you know, Derry in Europe this year was probably their one disappointment. Mm. I mean, they were gone mm. early. They had no European run That's at all. Funny. And it's something they'd probably be looking to address next year too. Um, you know, the dog will be seeded, so they'll have a better chance of going further in the Conference League. And um, I know what you're saying, but I think Rovers even, uh, you know, if they were to get into the group stages again, I mean, that gives the club even an even greater financial platform. So I know what you're saying, but like I, I that mindset of thinking in some way it could be a bad thing, like that's not what you want either. I think one of the big things about the winter is what Rovers do recruitment-wise. It's mm. very clear that they're going to look for players in the front end of the pitch. Um, I think Alan Manis is going to stay. I think he's told all the fans that. But I think that there's other departments of the pitch where they need to improve and, and um, own reference pace in the league earlier. I think you know, some of those European games, I mean, Ferenc Varus away, I mean, they were just, they were done in all areas of the pitch. Now, Ferenc Varus were done and qualified from the Europa League group, so they were actually mm. probably the best team they played, actually. And but, I, but like, that's that's the nature of it. We, we've quite a lot just, of Just briefly on that, I did ask you about Derry, though. That night in talent, Fairness Rovers, where it looked like with a title race, they, they, they absolutely battered you. And it was like, geez, they are a good side in Fairness. Rovers? Yeah. Uh, Rovers are very good, yeah. They're obviously, they're the ones that everyone used to chase. Um, they've got some good players they've obviously built a good um, foundation there in the club as such and um, no, they'll obviously be rec- trying to recruit well and trying to improve again this season I'd, I'd be on Dan's side with the qualifying for Europe but obviously hampered them a small bit uh, league wise getting into the group stages but they will have learned from that now yeah. and now they're going in with a few bot behind them into this window thinking right we know what we need to do to make sure that doesn't happen again if we do qualify again so yeah. every year Dan it's going to be a great league next yeah the few other questions I said we get to Tyg asked and we should it was directed generally but uh, how good was Joe Redmond this year may as well ask you Owen Doyle excellent yeah he's one of the, the best I've seen for defending a box bald cross is coming in he's, he's timing to get up for headers he's not overly tall for a centre back but um He's he's incredible in the air. He's been he's been exceptional. Mm. And I suppose it's I mean it could be a related question. With Jimmy Lyons was asking who's going to be the next player to go over the pond to the UK. I mean we had that exodus more so last summer, wasn't it? Or this summer it was like they they were around for the first six months of the season and then they left. But um, I mean the boy Curtis is pretty good, isn't he? We had the boy reference there, but I mean Sam <laughs> Curtis is some talent. He's exceptional, yeah. And the backing up Adam Murphy as well has been very unfortunate yeah. injuries this year. But he's um he's one of the best young. Own kids I've seen coming through. Murphy. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. You know, you know by the way he passes the ball to you. I don't want to put too much hype around kids and mm. stuff coming through, but um just even the way he passes the ball to you, there's a difference in it. Like, you know, he's he's a, he's gonna be a good good player. If there is a god up there, you just want a, a kid like that to get a break, like Neil Farouge got this season, but it could have just been over. You want him yeah, please God he's over it now. Like yeah. he's done both his hammies as a young lad and, and hopefully that it, it'd be in the long term in his career, it's probably the best time for it to happen to him. So hopefully it's um he'll he'll get over that. But Sam He's been exceptional since he came in. He's he's years ahead of himself. Yeah. He one of the best I've seen regarding taking on information. I wouldn't have on my quiz team now, <laughs> but regarding football information and what to do on the pitch, brilliant. Just does it down to a tee. Pat, so Pat, what do you think? I mean, yeah, I think so. I've seen a bit of him, and he, he obviously looks a special talent. You're, you're hoping some of these kids stay a little bit longer because I think there's benefit in them staying a little bit longer. Mm. We're in the league and getting a little bit of experience under the belt and playing in clubs where there's just a little bit of pressure to win as well that's all part of the football development for them and I think it, that's really important for young players going forward and that's where trying to change that ethos of how we're developing players mm. I think is, is massive for these kids because then they step into that environment and they're used to it where 
you know, when you went previously, you're miles away from it because you, mm. you hadn't been used to that. So I think that's key. Listen, there's a lot of good young players in the league at the moment. There certainly is. And, you know, it looks bright from that point of view. We, 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 we seem to be producing good young players and are coming out of them academy structures now. So um, who goes next? I'm not too sure. Yeah, I mean, just finally, I mean, this is it. Like, the, we had references to the attendance figures. I mean, they are good. I know we, we, we're starting from a low base, um, but they are still good. I think particularly in Dublin as well. I mean, the Pats' resurgence has been... Crazy, really, but other places as well too. Like, what would your hopes be for next season? I know it's a very broad question. Like, we we all want everything. Like, we all want better facilities, better better title race, various elements. But where are we at now as we head into twenty twenty three? Well, listen, the the the, the, the surge in crowds is obviously clubs are doing their work within their own communities and environments. There's no doubt, particularly in Dublin, where we've always seen. If you look at a crowd that Derry brought to the Aviva on Sunday, it was incredible. We've always, you know, the Dublin clubs have struggled in a little bit in that in relation to an identity or a community sort of feel. And they've now all embraced that as, as far as I can see. You know, Pat's crowds have, have increased tenfold. Rovers crowds are really good. Bows, we know. Uh, Shells are, are probably, Shells crowd was probably disappointing for me on Sunday at the mm. cup final. And and it's probably a bit of work that I need to do from a community point as well. And, you know, making sure if they're staying in Tolka, that area, that, that's where the work has got to be done yeah. in that outer region of, of North Dublin. So, um, but there's there's huge improvements going on there. Listen, the bottom line for me in relation how we the facility. I know I don't but facilities are massive because if you have these people coming to games, we want to keep them. We want to give them a, a you know a night out, not just a game of football. You know that they enjoy it and the facilities are are there to bring all walks of life into games. You know, young kids, families, females. Male. We need the facilities are massive, both for players and spectators. For me, we'll going forward, um, yeah. It's Everyone just thanks for coming in, lads. By the way, um, it it does sound very briefly that you'll be a year older but fresher next season. Uh, you'd forget that you came into this in the back of playing shitloads of game for Bolton. Yeah, I'd be a bit fresher, but a year older, as you said, yeah. So fifteen and a half. Yeah. What's the mark for next year? What do we say? Go 16, Push 16, 16, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Doyler's going to score more goals next season. Oh, there you go. Yeah, you'd, you'd say that to his face, but when he's not here, you'll do it back again. I told you about the bet. I forgot I even told you. But there we go. All right, listen, we're done. We'll, we'll um, be back at some later date. Between Probably with Pat Fenton actually. You know? Who knows? Oh, sorry, it's a, it's a bit. It's 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 Steve's Day Boxing Day. Pat, will you come on the show? He'll, he'll text you um, during the Boxing Day derby or something. Thanks, anyway, listen, we'll thanks, uh, thanks we'll be back. the two lads. Thanks to Alan Reynolds. Uh, thanks for his expletives, and uh, we shall be back soon. Yeah.